Hey there, film fans. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. And I'm John. And welcome back to The Love of Cinema, a pod in which we'll challenge one another to discuss movies, both new and old, with a strictly positive critical eye. That's right. And to avoid lazy negativity, we have decided to make this episode a drinking game. Mm-hmm. Drinking game. Hey, let's oh, go ahead and do our, let's do our shot. Let's do our shot. You ready? Okay. So we do a shot, shot here. Shot. So everybody knows we're doing this. Yeah, we we'll introduce the, the guest host after we do the shot. Yeah. Yeah. Guest does this in secret. Here you go. Ah, that's right, people. Woo! Ah, anytime oh, we that's a spicy meatball. Anytime we say we should do this after we should take the shot after I set up the premise of the show. <laughs> yeah, anytime really we should. say anytime we say this. anything negative about the show, each other, our guest, our guest's co-host on his podcast, we are gonna play this buzzer sound. <laughs> that sound so means that we have to take a drink. That'll keep us honest, keep us positive. We hope you drink along with us. So, pour yourselves a glass, get ready to punch out some camels. We're going back Holy into... Holy <laughs> shit, dude. <laughs> oh, my God. Finish. So, for those of you new to the podcast, we try to keep it spoiler-free for about 10 minutes, but since this is going to be part of our should-have-seen-that-by-now series, we'll still try, but probably fail to keep it spoiler-free for 10 minutes. We have a special guest who we're going to introduce in one second. But let's quickly give a, a little shout out to our sponsors so that we can get this thing moving. John! Carlos Barroso is our beer sponsor. Somehow, that man is alive. Still our beer sponsor. He does live over there on the East Coast in the New York metropolitan area. You can find him yeah. on Instagram if you want to follow that beer maker at barroso.beer. We also have a music artist known as Dasein, D A S E I N, and he is now available on all the music platforms. Download that music for free. Support him please go to the uh the artist page on spotify or apple music uh, start following listening check out the instagrams it's all available now folks get on board all right let's welcome our, our guest officially now that we've taken a fucking shot with him he has been on the show multiple times we're happy to have him back we've been on his show the uh matt and mark movie show Mr. Mark Monstrowski, welcome Woo! back to the show. Oh, wow. Welcome back. Yeah, thank to you the so much for having show, me. Dude. Wow, it's been a long time. Oh, Jeez. Yeah. I mean, the good news it is you still hold the record for the most buzzers on really? the show. So. Oh, boy. Yeah. I don't know about this Bruce, episode, though. This it. might be the least buzzers for me. <laughs> I was about to say, the yeah. least buzzers for you. I got to just say, folks, we're talking, you can see it in the episode title. We're talking about 1982's Conan the Barbarian. Uh, it's 82, right? Yeah. 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 Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Well, yeah. I just got to spit this out first before we get to, uh, too into it, because I know it's going to influence the way we talk about this. Uh, Mark and I met, and I may have told this story very quickly uh, in the first time you came on, but we met just seeing a movie at the same cinema in New York City. Uh, we didn't talk to each other that first time. The next time we were at a movie together, we started chit-chatting. We ended up just having some drinks after whatever screening that was. Um, and we were talking about movies, and you said then that this was one of your favorite movies. And then a few years ago, the Lincoln Center did a retrospective on kick-ass movies from the 80s. And you went and saw this one at fucking Lincoln Center, and you said it was fucking brilliant. And I still had never seen it as an adult. So I'm so happy to have you on so we can fucking talk about this movie with a fucking Conan connoisseur, <laughs> Mr. Mark Monstrowski. Welcome, welcome, oh, welcome. I'm so sorry, very excited to talk about this movie. <laughs> By we, the way, I think, did I, I John, did I invite you to see that? with me you did invite me to see and that and i think it was you fucking went to see it. another movie but i forgot what it was <laughs> oh we got i think know. i was seeing a something vastly inferior movie. no i'm just kidding <laughs> Mar mariah oh, yeah. carrey's glitter 
on. Uh, oh, man, dude, you were so right. Dude, you did Jeff invite me. I think that I was going. Uh-huh. I think I was saying something probably very pretentious downtown at the, uh, <laughs> the film Lincoln forum or Plus. something like that. He's self-aware, people. You won. Wait, so wait, really, really quick. I'm actually going to be on this here podcast next week, and I'm very excited about it. But Mark, yeah. I know we, we we have a quota where we try to mention your show at least once a week. But can you? <laughs> Can you give us that? Because I actually love this because the evolution of how you guys introduced the show has changed. I think Matt, the first time he came on was a Tromaville episode where we did American Graffiti and then um, Toxic Avenger. It's still one of my favorite um, gag episodes we've ever done. I'll never um, forget the look on his face. It was really funny. But anyway, he introduced that he was like, it's 90% dad joke and 10% talking about the movie. And I think he quickly retracted. He like he quickly like rolled that back. Well, how would you describe your podcast? Uh, basically, it's just our dumb opinion on movies. It's sort of like it started. It actually started out a long time ago. We had a <laughs> podcast called Video Death Ray, and we would just uh, review really obscure name. horror films, essentially, <laughs> or like really bad movies, like mostly like eighties, nineties. This Conan episode is gonna be fucking great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <keep> <laughs> and then right then the then I think Matt and I got a little bit burned out on that or life just caught up with us and then we stopped and when covid happened and matt moved out to the west coast we start we he started he's like hey let's start another show and talk movies so it started out we actually started out doing like pretty obscure movies and like you know cult films that no one really watched and now we're i think we've moved on i think we've progressed some more current films so it's been very rare that we've talked about old movies, so I'm actually excited to talk to you guys about Conan. And similar, we're similar because the three of us, I don't know if you really know this or how familiar you are, we actually lived together for two years, the three of us <laughs> together. So it was- And uh, we've, we've talked more since than, than the well, whole yeah, time of sure, sure. <laughs> um, But you and, you and Matt actually went to college together. Yeah, we both went to Pratt and studied film. <laughs> I, that's so funny because you guys you, every now and then you'll be like yeah fucking film school friends we're like yeah and i'll be like what like what are you talking i, I had no idea i, I love it i love <laughs> you just you just refer to it as like two two dumb guys talking about movies because if you go to youtube that's exactly what they're saying about us right now really so i feel like yeah oh shit <laughs> yeah You're but we're not like... trending but we're not trending in saudi arabia <laughs> yeah, that's... No, that's true that's true. how did that happen and portugal you know what you guys it's have weird uh, you know what you and Portugal. Good for you. Pat yourself yeah. in the back. Yeah, yeah that's a right. You, char- you charted pat. in Portugal. You know what's fucking cool, though? And I mean, they can't go We kind of started doing our shows at a fairly similar time, because I remember speaking to you guys when you were starting up again, and you would listen to a little bit of us, and we are not, we don't have similar shows, like, in terms of, like, we're doing the same thing, and we just hop on each other's. Like, our platform is different than yours. And my favorite thing, I got to say, my brother is obsessed with your show, dude. He really? listens to it all the time and talks to me about it. He thinks, he thinks you guys are so fucking hilarious, dude. He listens to you regularly, wow, and as, as, as all of us do. And I think you're totally right about how like you guys have this fucking rapport where you will eventually talk about the movie, but that's not why I tune in. <laughs> Honestly, like yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna hear your thoughts on the movies and they're gonna be entertaining. But my favorite things are when you guys just fucking shamelessly tangent yeah. way off and just talk to each other about something that has 
what it's not in the episode notes it's not in the title it's hard him and i try to like <laughs> remember which episode you talk about certain jokes or a random story on and you gotta i want you to go through your episode notes and like document exactly when you talk about like where you took weird shits just so we can remember got, <laughs> just just for us Anyway, right. it's fucking gold. Oh, Anyone thanks. who isn't listening, check out the Matt and Mark movie podcast. Especially fucking, next week when really I'm on it. Yeah, definitely. Next week. <laughs> what are you guys? What are you guys talking about again? We, the Samaritan. Yeah, but by the way, we talk about your show a lot because we see yeah. you, the three of you, as like you're. It's a very elevated and refined show, and you talk about <laughs> <That's>... like <laughs> it sounds like you're a lot more educated. I, I I'll be a, what I'll you be went complete... to film school together. Yeah, but I'm you know it, I I'm went glad to, it sounds like that. I went to Pratt, which is you know that was like a fine art school, and the film program was secondary. This is how bad the film program was there. It was so bad that the building that the it was called the ARC. That's where they held all the film programs. This is how much they didn't give a shit about the film program. There were photo flow chemicals in the drinking water because they didn't <laughs> put the pipes in correctly. So the photo flow chemicals were going into the, the drinking water supply. So when oh, you press my God, any dude. of the drinking fountains in the ARC <laughs> building, you would smell photo flow. And I believe they got like this massive fine for it, but they didn't give a shit about the film department. Like the cameras were always Ooh, broken. Wow. The studio is a yeah. piece of shit with just like we one love Pratt. giant. Yeah. yeah. Imagine, you're actually going for a drink there. It's like, oh, this you... is this is daylight. Yep. This is tungsten. Oh, day for night. <laughs> yeah. You eat, you sleep, you fucking drink movies, and then you die at 35. Okay. So. <laughs> We have to get Jesus. into our episode about Conan. So, so, so good. Conan the Barbarian, 1982. Yeah, whose daughter went by... to Pratt as well. Uh... <laughs> Co-written <laughs> Co by Oliver Stone. That's right, the Oliver Stone, starring Emmy the Award Oliver winner Stone. Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's right, people. We're going to be talking about Conan the Barbarian. But I wanted really Emmy quickly... Oh, oh, that's right, he won an Emmy in 2014 for I'm some I just have to stop. Like, since we have a video segment on this show, you can see it on YouTube. Mark, did you just go into, like, disco mode? Yeah, oh, yeah, I, tur I turned my lights on. I was like, it's getting dark out <laughs> here. Uh, Let's see, I'm going to turn on one time. more. <laughs> Never changed. Well, okay, oh, really? Wait, Jeff, wait, 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 Jeff, I'm interrupting you. It's okay, this is... Is that what... Yeah. <laughs> Is that, oh, no, is that what's on Schwarzenegger's IMDb page? It says Emmy one, one primetime Emmy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, man, that's good. I want to make my gripe of the week thing happen, all right? So we're going to be talking okay. about Conan. But luckily, people, you guys, if you're here for Conan, you're, you're going to be listening to it. Just, you, you, know the, you know the drill. So really quick, we have one minute each. If you want it, you can pass. What is your gripe of the week? Does anybody have a gripe besides me? Because you know, God damn it, I have a gripe. Anybody have a gripe that you just need to get off your chest? I'm just... I'm just so excited to hear your gripe, honestly. <laughs> I, I live on the edge Dave, of my seat all week waiting I had a for good you to week. complain about I'm going to pass. Dave, no gripes? Well, Mark, you are a it guest. It feels I like you're you locked and loaded, dude. Gripes in terms, of, in, in terms of Conan or just film hey, no, 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 Nothing to do with the film. Dude, just something can... from this week that you need to get off your chest. Because that's the only thing about doing one film is sometimes Some, some something that, things that we isn't get Warner in. Brothers because we all fucking hate oh, them right now. Here, I, yeah. I, I guess <laughs> here's the gripe I have. Like I've been seeing a lot of movies in the theater now, and and also like Matt and I were talking about you know '90s movies versus movies today. So we saw Beast recently, and then because <laughs> both of us are huge fans of uh, Ghost in the Darkness, so mm. it really sucks to see. I mean, with the amount of technology we have, CGI, it's like yeah, I'm yeah, so dude. fucking tired of CGI. And just seeing people getting, you know, you can tell they're acting 
with a digital element because it doesn't feel like a lion is pulling this guy up and dropping him. It just feels like he's acting like he's getting pulled up and dropped. Yeah. And it's just, I am so fucking tired of seeing that shit. It's like, you watch mm. these old... I'll take a drink for that. Yeah. No, yeah, no, keep going. No, we'll, we'll just no, keep racking up the buzzes. Right. Yeah. Keep going. So honestly, that was that was the wrong button. This is for you, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. Keep going, keep going dude. Keep honestly, going. Go, keep go, going, go. dude. But like, you see, Ghost in the Darkness. It's shot on film. It's got a lot of practicals. You see this huge train coming. I, you know what thing I've noticed because of CG. Movies, even though they're supposed to feel epic, they do not feel epic at all. It still feels like flat. And even though they're using this technology with, you know, they have the Unreal Engine and you have like these LED boxes so you can manipulate light and it looks natural. It still feels fucking flat to me like that. It still feels like there's a wall behind them, you know, and it looks terrible. So to me, watching all the older films, you know, it's funny, even though I watch a B movie today that was made in the 80s, like Chud, you know, it still looks better than some of the A-list movies yeah. out now because it's shot in film, it's practical effects, and it looks great. And I miss that Dude. immensely. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, watched, saw... I watched fucking Lightyear the other week, not a single practical effect. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, for, the thing is with animation where it's all CG, great. I, there, and there are certain movies that do it well. Like I just watched Finch, and that movie is beautiful, and it's a great film. But I think a lot of people, they're just, they don't have a grasp on how to handle effects. And you can tell the 90s director, Look, like dude. Verhoeven, you watch, uh, I don't care what people think about Starship Troopers, but when you watch that scene with that, you know, when they carpet bomb the bugs and it has that CG element mis- mixed with practicals, those 90s CG effects, and same with Terminator 2, look so much better than the stuff you see today. Sorry, Marvel. Terminator <laughs> 2 will I- ever not hold up. Dude, yeah. I think I almost completely agree, and I think it's I think I, I think it's because we're being influenced by the video game, you know, mentality where people. Every time I would sit down to play a video game with any of my friends, and I'm not picking on gamers, I was I just wasn't a gamer, so I was a movie watcher growing up. And every time I would sit down with my gaming friends, they would be like, "Look how realistic these graphics are," and I was just sitting there thinking, "You have been nurtured into thinking that this is acceptable, and it's not. It's just not super realistic yet." Nobody. Saw Harrison Ford in Call of the Wild with that CGI dog two years ago. <laughs> nobody saw that movie because nobody wanted to go watch the fucking. Yeah, I well, here, well, here's the thing: to go is, watch that CGI dog. It's a great story, and nobody gave a shit. But here's the thing: is like they put that CGI dog because I took my mom to see it because she's a huge fan. And she used to read that oh, book to me. When dude, I was I'm good. sorry. You're the <laughs> no, how was it? So did they I'm send you a thank you note? No, but here's the thing: is like <laughs> they made the mistake of they have a CG. <laughs> they have a fucking CG dog, and then they still have real dogs so you see that like you it's like why would you do that you can see the difference it's like this yeah. dog has fucking anime eyes and the other dogs yeah. look real it's and then you get, then you get movies I've like gotta, i've got you get movies like prey that go and get a rescue dog and had that has no training whatsoever and it steals the fucking film yeah that dog it's the movie great. magic it's the movie magic conversation we've had many times on this i'm glad we're in agreement i think most filmmakers are in agreement that like that's not really the direction we want to go today i was watching some clips of uh older practical hor- horror effects because of this friend i have that uh that i'm working with right now we watched one of uh I, I recommend everyone in the film world to look this up 
uh, Lucio Fulci's zombie. Yeah. There is a wonderful scene where it's a ridiculous, cheesy movie, and this girl gets dragged by a zombie into like this large piece of wood that goes into her eye. And of course, it's the 70s or early 80s. And there's, you know, a super practical eyeball and like, you know, mask face that it eventually just cuts to. And it's still more gripping and compelling and creates more anxiety. Even though you know it's not a real human, there's just something that is so safe about CGI. Everyone can comfortably sit back in their seats when they yeah, watch that kind the, of except thing. For the people and that's actually, just not the feeling you want. Except for the actually people doing the, making the CGI. They're not safe because they're, they're, they're overworked and they're, they're not safe marbles. or comfortable. Dave, yeah, Dave. Dave, what did you send? You sent us an article about uh, how the Marvel, the people are starting to speak out about, look, we, Marvel is a super successful company and we respect the, a lot of the great movies that they've made. But see, th- this community is finally starting to talk about the way that these jobs get turned over so quickly. They're usually outsourced. Yeah, they're usually outsourced. They can't stand on their own two legs as companies often because they usually fail under the expectations and limits of the budgets and how they are squeezed in post-production schedules that are ridiculous. And I don't know. I think people are starting to talk about it. Something has to influence it because it can't just be fucking podcast people talking about how this is frustrating us like everyone knows it's just not as good everybody knows it well did, by the way the it. best example i can give is if you watch blade and you compare that movie with the marvel movies of today how vastly superior is that movie to like the garbage that they're putting out where it's like the storylines feel the same it's all like designed Dude. for like families blade was the shit first of all it's got practical effect i mean the cg stuff's a little bit weird now but there's a there's way more practical effects it's way more adult the subject matters better and then you see the the crap that we have now like it's trash it's the first it's the it's 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 blade one and it's the first matrix versus everything that we just casually see now even when it's done super well we were all like, how did they do that? When was the last time you said that, Tuzo? I think it was Watching The Matrix, probably. I think for me, it, was, it, was, it wasn't how they do that, but Top Gun. like Tom Cruise wouldn't have made a CGI Lion movie. He would have like been in like, <laughs> short jean shorts. He would have been glistened up in the sun, like super tan, out in Africa, fighting some like practical lions. Like, come on, Aegis. Yeah. There actually is a lot of CG in, in Top Gun. Uh, there's like Effectively to used. It now effectively it's used so the, that it, uh, it's it's to supplement the live action stuff yeah it's not it's not yeah which is to replace, which is not to replace there, it oh wait there's actually, a way that we can use these things fury effect. road is a good example of uh, fury, a majority yeah, yeah. of the film being practical effects and it's still commercially successful i mean like if you compare the budgets between fury road and some of these marvel movies like there, there really is yeah. no excuse to do practical effects you know dune dune sold itself as being largely practical as well yeah all right, so that was Mark and John's one minute rant. Together. Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, we just we just stole your one minute. Yeah, we st- that was like fifteen minutes. L- luckily on, oh, on a- YouTube we divide these these into sections. You can just click <laughs> on Dave, the sections. And luck- Dave, I feel like we need to get the uh, the minute on the, I think we need like a countdown clock for one minute. No, but this is great. Jeff this is great for ranting. this is great for Conan though, because if anybody's excited for Conan and they're they're sitting there listening and not fast forwarding, they're gonna sit there and be like Yes, this is why Conan is awesome. This is why. Yeah. Because I, I wrote down, not to segue into this because I'm still doing my fucking gripe. Is I wrote <laughs> down, the, these are some pretty bad fight sequences, which makes them some of the best fight sequences I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> okay, my gripe is so simple. It's simply the home screen on Apple remotes 
Apple TV remotes and Roku remotes. This is my gripe. <laughs> That's right. If I'm closing Microsoft Word, it goes, wait, 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 you didn't save this yet. Are you sure you want to close this? And I go, oh, fuck, you're right. On Gmail, Google Docs, if I close it, it saves my work. If I'm watching something, there's six buttons on this fucking remote. I watch it in the dark. Let's say I'm watching The Staircase on HBO Max. Just just, just to shout it out there. It's very, very fucking, it's, it's painfully slow, but I'm watching it. <laughs> and I'm watching it in the dark, and I have no idea what they're saying. So I try to, I try to turn the volume up, and I accidentally hit the home screen, and all of a sudden, it's like I fucking reboot the whole goddamn system just because I missed the fucking button on the remote. And I swear to you, one time it, my internet wasn't good or something, it reset all of HBO Max. So I click on HBO Max, and it's like loading, 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 and it's like, oh, wait a oh, second. No, no. That this... was just in the time you hit that button, they've deleted the film. They deleted the whole film, <laughs> rebooted it. So I click on HBO Max, and I just want to get right back to where I left off in the staircase. So I click yeah, yeah. HBO Max, and it goes, who's watching, John or Brandon? And I'm like, God damn it, it's John. I'm John. Just let me fucking watch my show on John's account. So I click on John, and then it's like the recently watched is like the fifth row, so I have to go all the way down. I click on the staircase, and then for some reason it's the series and not the episode, so I have to go back to the... And it's like just because I hit the fucking wrong button. Give me a goddamn break. Can't they just give me a, are you sure you want to quit like the old days? Come on. That's my gripe. By the way, okay. do you also notice like the other thing with that is like even when you pause or try to jump somewhere, like the interface clutters you up with so much shit and then it mm -hmm. takes like a couple seconds to leave the screen. So it's, it's like, like blocking what? shit as you're watching. It's like, it's like, it's, like the Amazon, yeah. it's like the Amazon thing. They want this. So let's show them 10 other things that they might want on the way it's, so that they no, come it's, back it's, or whatever. It's like that scene in Ready Player One where they're like, we can sell 85% of the screen to ad space before we induce seizures. And they're just taking this and fucking run with it. I hit the wrong button on the remote. They're like, yes, we get to do this all over again. Motherfuckers. Okay. Guys, we are here to talk Those about Conan the Barbarian <laughs> from 1982, yeah. not the 2011 remake. We are talking about 1982. Okay. This movie was directed by John, is it Milius? Is it Milieu? You guys. That's a Milius. fantastic question. <laughs> I'm going to go. I thought I'm it was Milius. Milius. Sure. This is John Milius, the writer of the books in the early 1900s, is Robert E. Howard, who is known as the father of sword and sorcery, the sword and sorcery subgenre. <laughs> I think they mean like contemporary or American because you have the chivalric and the Arthurian tales, but whatever. For As far as we're concerned with contemporary lore, with the pulp subgenre of hmm. sword and sorcery shit, this motherfucker in his 20s in Texas, of all goddamn places, wrote these Conan series, died at the age of 30, and left his imprint. This movie kind of feels like Texas now that I, once I knew that, I was like, a lot of desert, they don't like flowers. That's one of the best ha! as I've ever heard in a movie is it's like, hey, are there flowers here? Flowers. Ha! It's Texas, motherfucker. Like that's yeah. So anyway. By the sorcerer guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I put down here. That, okay, My first of all. hovering on the buzzer. <laughs> oh, by the My way, master. by the way, one thing. Yeah. He, he, I bet you why I am telling this tale. By the way, if, if anyone <laughs> ever starts a conversation with, I'm a magician, you know, yeah. in modern day times, <laughs> fucking run. Because like, you don't want to know what comes after this, that. This narrator, <laughs> I'm a wizard. This narrator sounds like a Monty Python guy doing like oh, uh, doing like a Mr. Miyagi impression. And it's, I'm so glad we get to meet him later. I mean, the lines he has to say right at the beginning, this fucking voiceover, <laughs> the, the times of high adventure. He said, you didn't he goes, like that? 
No, I fucking loved it. Yo, I'm eating the shit up for sure. Oh my it's, god, it fucking totally crumbs. sets up the movie, and I yeah, I love on, that guy. The only thing you can trust is steel. Like yeah. it definitely. Now that you know it, it definitely sounds like I'm a twenty year old in come his back mom's to basement. Well, I think if you didn't know that, you'd have no idea. I think he Let's John Milius is like a very from what I've read, he's a, actually a very conservative guy, and you can kind of see that coming through. Like he can oh. you can tell this movie is like an anti hippie movie. Which is fucking there's hilarious. There's so many boobs. There's an orgy where like the snakes are the tops and the no, I meant like, like you know, like more oh, sorry, like, yeah. uh, like Texas conservative. Say, like, <laughs> hang on a minute. Oh, orgies orgies make you turn into a snake. I've got to cancel a couple of appointments. This week. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, wait, wait, fucking, let's talk, fucking, no, sorry, wrong button. Right the, Texas conservatives here, they're having orgies here and they're trying to get rid of abortions. I'm pretty sure everybody at an orgy wants abortions to be legal, motherfucker. God Milius. <laughs> I want to see. I want to see who you voted for. <laughs> um, I'd also, uh, everybody went, at an orgy wants abortion to be legal. If I'm not mistaken, Milius went to uh, USC. Oh, really? With Spielberg and Lucas. Yes. Yes, he did. He also yeah. wrote Sorry, the Thunder, John. Now. I thought I'd bring it up first. This I'm time. gushing, John. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. He wrote Apocalypse I, Now. No yeah, shit. don't forget, you wrote one of like the greatest. If we're talking about film and practical effects, that is probably the greatest yeah. fucking film ever made. In how many? To that. How many of the lines that he wrote were actually? Did, did Marlon Brando actually say? That's a fantastic. Problem. He didn't write. I'm sure he didn't write. I'm sure he did not write any Three, of that. One, one of those was out of breath. Of the, the day before, Marlon said, "I didn't read the script." And the day of, he says, "I'm just going to say this." Everything up until they get to the Marlon scene, John had John had a piece of. I don't mean to diminish the achievement by John Milius. Let me give you the. I mean, let me well, give that's, you the, yeah, that's yeah, that's a shame because there's no you, fucking dialogue before then. Let me give you the IMDb description and to pretend. Oh, to pretend. Wait, hold on a second. We can't. Wait, we can't move past it. We can't move past it until we 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 explain this to Mark. Mark, Dave did not like Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Oh wow, I was bored shitless. Damn. Do, do we? Wait, did you? Come on. What's the problem with four people? We having talked the about it. Mark just lost that his buzzer great. V card right No, now. that's fine. You know the fun thing about this thing? I have one too. Dave, did you watch the three hour version with me? Because when we rewatched it, we watched the director's no, cut. And holy I didn't. Shit, I watched, the thing is there. Which I watched version the shortened one. We rewatched the short one. I was like, there's more of this? I like the French couple. That was a cool scene, but I don't know if I needed 30 more minutes. It was good though. It was good. Oh come on! It's so good. Oh, it was great. So it was great. Good. Okay, okay. Let me give you the. Let me do this. We'll pretend like this yeah. episode has structure. I'll read the IMDb. <laughs> We're half an hour in. I'll read the IMDb description. We'll go around the horn and say our initial takeaways, thoughts, feels, specifically on this rewatch. I had never seen it before. Also, to pretend like we had structure, I have no reason. I had no reason. I just, I just didn't see it. Anyway, also I had to rent this motherfucker. You guys, we just gave Amazon. Me too. Ten bucks. Anyway, <laughs> me too. The description on IMDb. A young boy, Conan, becomes a slave after his parents are killed and tribe destroyed by a savage warlord and sorcerer, Thulsa Doom. When he grows up, he becomes a fearless, invincible fighter. Set free, he plots revenge against Thulsa Doom. The stars Arnold Schwarzenegger, Emmy Award winner, James Earl Jones, Emmy Award winner, Max von Sydow, two-time Emmy nominee. Written and directed by John Milius, co-written by Oliver Stone, and some uh, co-stars who are amazing, including somebody who is listed as Sacrificial Snake Girl, <laughs> which I would love to have written on my resume. Just wait. Who, who would like to take it away with their initial 
takeaways. What did you think of this rewatch? Conan. David. The Barbarian. I had a ball. I like I've I've seen this, I want to say, 25 times at least. Like so oh many God. times. But, no, when I based back in Australia, we got uh, home video like a lot later than everyone else. So like in the eighties, we got uh, finally got a VHS player in our house. And the first thing we watched, I think it was around 80, 83, 84 was uh, Rambo as in first blood. Nice. Yeah. And I think this was the second thing we watched on VHS in our house. Oh, wow. That's that's pretty yeah. representative of the eighties. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I didn't realize the two movies fucking end the same too. Like building traps and fucking killing people. But mm-hmm. it was, uh, this was, it was fun then. I sat there with my whole, like my family and watched it, and it was fun. It was quirky, uh, and I had just as much fun this time around. Like it, it doesn't matter that you can see the the blood bags in their guts when he slashes them and stuff like that. This that's not what this movie's about. I don't know what this movie's about. But <laughs> I thought there was more. I thought there was more. I was like, yeah, I thought you were. I was like, what a wonderful preface. He's about to say so. No, I have no idea what the fuck this movie's like. Well, I don't know what it's no, about. No, 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 this, but it was, it. it was fun. This movie is very much like There Will Be Blood. It's the journey of a person from being like nothing <laughs> to being a king at the end. It's fucking incredible. Wasn't that... I'm sorry. This is the best origin story ever. And the way it's told, it's so simple. There's barely any fucking dialogue. And by the way, just just seeing him, wasn't that amazing? Just seeing him push that wheel till every kid he was with dies until he's the only one pushing that fucking wheel. It's the greatest origin story of a character. Moses had nothing on this guy. I just want to bring it back as well to that origin story where like when they find, they come and invade the village and confront his mother. I never noticed until this watch that like the two other who become the henchmen uh, and then later on go to form Whitesnake. um, They, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but I had to throw something in there, but, uh, but during that scene where they're confronting the mother and you know, she's about to like die. um, They can't meet her eye. And it's so subtle. There's almost no dialogue. You know, like much like um, there'll be blood. There's like no dialogue for a whole first section of this uh, film, but it still tells minutes. you every everything you need to fucking know. And also, th- the introduction to Thulsa Doom, he doesn't have to be menacing. He's actually has very kind features, and it like you can yeah, tell he can hypnotize. Hair. Yeah, yeah, he can, yeah maybe like, it's, maybe it's menacing. Maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Mark, were you but making that, a point? I'm telling you, it's like, it's beautifully shot. Just just the fact, I'm telling like, when you see the head drop in slow-mo oh and that hand yeah, jump right to the end, disappearing yeah. and he just looks at his hand, awesome. Well, by the, the one thing that I, I will nitpick on this, which is kind of funny, but it's like his father has this like beautiful speaking voice, his mother... And then you get the code, and he's like, nah, nah. <laughs> like <laughs> I can't buzz that. They were like, all, all, they, no, all, they, all they, they saw Arnold in Stay Hungry, which we talked about on this podcast. And they were like, yeah, the kid's got to sound not like had an idiot. Look, I've, I've not had a good run with uh, Schwarzenegger films. So, like, I, yeah, I, I, I love this one. By the way, even though I've said that, Conan, like, his acting in this movie is really good because he's not playing it as, like, some crazy deranged person he actually has a lot of like when they're breeding him the way he puts the 
that fur mm. around. Like he's actually not an animal. He's actually a and he's he's very charismatic. He's funny. You actually want to hang out with this dude. Like when he's punching camels it's, in the face. He's a really charming <laughs> he's a charming guy. Which, he's not tell you, a, actually a barbarian. It, Maybe he's violent, can, but you know. I cannot find whether he did actually did that or not. Like like if the punch was real, if they like, or whether okay, they I don't did, think whether a they did, can pull fake it. It looks yeah. like he made contact because you no, see they, a bit of the cheek. They, of like they, they do say that they had the camel's like head tied and they, they jerked his head as he, as he did that. But um, like I don't know whether that's true or not because there's also that's some bullshit lie. about yeah. There's also yeah, some bullshit about totally they put wires. This is the eighties. I'm pretty sure he and that didn't happen. The camel the yeah, I'm pretty like, sure he jerked the camel. All right, there's actually there's that what I did find in looking for it though. I, is he holds the record for the number of animals punched on camera? <laughs> so, really? Yes, he does. That's amazing. I think it's like oh, he, I think he it's, touched I think it's a like, reindeer in uh, Jingle yeah, All the Way. Yeah. yeah, it was like it was two what camels, else? a horse, a, do- a couple of dogs, and a reindeer. <laughs> wow! God, I love Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's awesome. Apparently, that qualifies you the- to be a fucking governor of California. <laughs> This is, uh, I did find it, I did find it fun that like, this was probably looking at his, you know, resume. This is the beginning of Arnold moving into what we think of as the, the Arnold heyday yeah, throughout the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Pre-Terminator, pre-Predator. Um, so yeah, I thought this was, uh, this was, <laughs> you have to put on your campy 80s movie kind of style oh, hat. Absolutely. And as soon as you do that. As soon as you do that, I think you're going to have a blast watching this kind of movie. Um, just in, in 80s form, they seem how they somehow managed to because like this is coming out of like the 70s where like the new Hollywood dramatic directors were trying to show you that like this is what acting can be. They were taking like performance and character to a whole other level for like a decade, ending basically two years before this came out. With, I would say Raging Bull is is the end of the new Hollywood era. There are there they made films into the early eighties, but I feel like there's a really clean cutoff where like something else started happening when the corporations bought the studios and John Milius got this movie greenlit somehow, and with a non star Arnold was known around the world for other things, but he was not Actually, a movie star. They, yet. they they got this movie greenlit because Empire was being made at the same time, and they suddenly realized action franchises would work. Yeah, no shit. So that's what led to this getting. Yeah. Yeah. And he was the year so before. So what's cool like, about porn. this? So what's cool about this for me was that Mark already kind of said it, but like the, uh, the 80s were like the time period where they were like, nobody has read Joseph Conrad. <laughs> Everybody has forgotten that like all of the, all or Joseph Campbell, excuse me, all of the old tales, we can do them again with better special effects. Like we're seeing that we've seen that in the 2000s. The 80s was the time where they were like, let's do it again. We, we tried some in the 40s and the 50s, but now we have better technology. Let's, let's fucking go back to the well. So the fact that they chose like mm. such a, a simple hero's journey, that they tell you exactly what the tale is going to be in the fucking prologue. You know exactly what you're in for, and you just get to watch. Uh, I don't know, man. It was fun. I'm pretty sure some of this was shot in fucking <laughs> just the hills of California, probably not too uh, far from no, here. No, it was all Spain. All shot in Spain. Was it all Spain? It was all in Spain in wow, 81. That's it, was a, it was actually uh, in the middle of shooting this, there was a coup attempt in Spain. <laughs> Damn. In fucking the fucking Spain. military tried to overthrow the government <laughs> and they had to, like, Send there's tanks Conan. driving down the street 
and they, they apparently stopped shooting for a few hours. For a few hours? A I thought you were saying How hardcore hours. is that? Oh, How what, fucking what a, hardcore is that? What an inconvenience. <laughs> oh, By the way, isn't it amazing how the economy of storytelling in this, and to me it doesn't feel camp. It actually, it because I grew, I loved heavy metal, and this was like a heavy metal movie come to life, but I do love the economy and storytelling because th- that wasn't that dope, though. It just how... You see how he progresses and levels up. But my favorite scene has got to be he's being chased by... This is after he's set free. He's being chased by wild dogs. He finds this tomb with a king. And he takes the sword. But the next scene... And it, does, that, it, it trusts that the, the audience is intelligent. Because the next scene, you don't see him killing the dogs. He's just fucking wearing them. That's fucking... <sighs> Dope. That is the coolest and most. Sin- yeah. It shows that he's progressed as a fighter and as a person. It's awesome, and the the movie is just full of that stuff. And of course, you gotta you know, love you know the what, practice. You know why they don't show the dogs? Because one of those uh, motherfuckers bit him, and they had to stitch him up on set. <laughs> so it was a real wow. dog scam. God, we used Fresh. to we used to make fucking movies. Honestly, this did kind of feel like John Milius, who was he was out of well out of film school at this point, but it did kind of feel like. Every scene they were, and the fact that there's so few, little dialogue, like every scene they were like trying to push themselves to be like, what can we just show? Like all the rules, they were. It felt like they were trying to follow them, and and I think for the most part successfully. Um, there are there are some hilarious things that happen in this movie that I can't hilarious. wait to discuss. Oh yeah, yeah, I have I have questions. But ultimately, ultimately, I feel like this was a uh, Mark. I think I totally agree with you. I don't think we would have a lot of our sword and sandal successes. Mm. They tried a bunch of that in the 50s and 60s, leading up to the failure of The Robe, which somehow won Academy Awards, but everyone thinks of it as just this gigantic epic failure of that genre that was so popular for about a the decade. What? This was the research... Yeah, exactly. The Robe. <laughs> uh, I have no idea what uh, this was about. like. I know, I know. It's okay, it's okay. Don't even look at it. Uh, I gotta. This was like the resurgence. <laughs> and I just, I just kept thinking, I just kept thinking, we would not have Gladiator without this movie. Like this was, it, there were so many yeah, parallels thanks, to like that, that kind of story. Mm. Uh, so I'm just glad it happened. <laughs> by the way, I, I, I'm a huge. By the way, it. I'm a huge Gladiator and Ridley Scott fan. Yeah. But to be honest, this movie aged way better than Gladiator. You cut to those lo- those like CG shots of Rome, and it looks like shit. Everything in this movie, because of the practical effects, it feels like a very cohesive environment. Those towers they built. Even that altar at the end, the scale of it, and then you see all the followers with their torches. I'm telling this. Ep- this is a very. There, epic I mean, there are film. some matte paintings in this, but yeah, yeah it, that end. That end. I'll, yeah, you I'm can agreeing. see it's like where the, why aren't a, the trees moving. <laughs> no, there's no way in fucking hell they no, build gonna, that thing on the top of the mountain. <laughs> I'm agreeing. I'm going to agree by like nitpicking that like there's something appropriately authentic about how scaled down the big city was. How scaled down yeah, like a, the temple like a flight was. Of stairs. Yeah, there were so few people back then. That's probably way more realistic than like, you know, sometimes we will see movies nowadays where they show us the ancients and this thing they built. And you're like, come on, they didn't. Well, I mean, look at what. <laughs> There's no way they could have made that. What was <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Okay. Oh, what was Hold that? on, before we get too far down, we, have, we haven't heard from Jeff yet. Oh. I liked it. Which Kurosawa film? <laughs> oh, Blood? Thanks, well, the one that Star <laughs> Wars is based on? on. Ah. It's Fortress. Fortress. Yeah, fort- or, or, or Fortress. 
uh, the Hidden Fortress. Hidden Fortress, yeah. But the if you look at Hidden Fortress, Fortress there's yeah. a lot of stuff where the big set pieces are happening in the background and the characters are on, like, say, for example, a big staircase. There's a lot of that stuff. It's a good budget way of creating, like, a large environment, but still keeping it small. All right, that's all I want to say. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they live there. Yeah. Jeff, that's all you got? <laughs> you liked it? <laughs> I don't think you liked it. Uh, that, uh, this movie, this movie, it's, it's so, it was so, it was so fucking fun. <laughs> who's, who's buzzing who? Uh, what's going on? This movie's fucking fun. This movie's so fun. And you guys said all the shit. You said all the right things. And, and you're right. There is the 80s camp element. You have to accept that. Some, If you really wanted to like, like some of the sword fight, you could tell that they took a fake sword and just like like hit somebody, and then they cut, and there was blood. Like, yeah, that kind of shit happened. Fine, we didn't actually cut somebody's. Or head the off. blood was there all along. They or just the, you didn't whatever. see, didn't yeah, see exactly. it until he but, turned. That but, one beheading yeah. scene was pretty dope, though. When she cuts he, off yeah. that guy's head, holy shit! I was like, damn, that looks pretty good. Well, and then the other one they did because rather than it's so it's so like sexy in these old movies to have like one clean swipe to take a head off, but way more. Um, Way more realistic to get a bunch of chomps and like take your t- like and no, so you gotta the, whack at the it. last one. Yeah. He's just <laughs> like, ah, ah. he's like, motherfucker, get. Ah. And then he <laughs> finally gets that head off. It's like, oh my god, it's so gr- gruesome. Well, I gotta say, the one thing that I'll point out, you got, you know, I'm gonna say it for sure, is the fucking score, man. It is shameless. This score, it, it is. In a, I don't know what language it's in. It's like fucking Carl Orff. Me, he, Carl Orff got stoned with a bunch of like Tibetan monks. And then I have, they also I have just took some, that score. They took some Middle Eastern music, which has no business in this time era, but it's almost like they saw Star Wars and they're like, look, there's no trumpets in space. So who well, gives it's, a fuck, I think man? it's like, Basil Paralodorus from Robocop. So you hear though, yeah. you actually hear a bit of that oh, nice. Robocop and it, yeah, twist it's to it. Paralodorus you know? going hard as a motherfucker on his assignment. Like, it's a gorgeous the, I love those that trump, score. The, I must admit, <laughs> I, the, the trumpets really stood out like dog's balls on, in the uh, the dog's openings balls? like that. How, wait, yeah. kind of, the do- they just stand out so much, you see these dog's balls. It's like, yeah, they cast a shadow, that. dude. It's like... It's like but they know you. They cast like, the you... shadow? <laughs> I never see a dog shadow and goes, well, there's the balls. Um, <laughs> Fuck, we're going to have some more Australian it's, guests on it, It's funny, too, because it starts out kind of chalk, but big, so it's like whenever it's in a minor key, it's like low brass, and then it's and then it goes major, and it's violins or whatever, but all of a sudden it goes, you know what, fuck it, we're doing this weird... They're like sneaking into a temple and you have a, a hundred person choir singing in a language that <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what language, if it's Latin or whatever it is as loud as they possibly can. It's like playing the opposites, man. It is, it is class. Yeah. It is scale. It's, it's funny. It's you awesome. point out that he went on to do Robocop because like a lot of these guys, like the editor um, went on to do one of my favorite eighties films, last starfighter. Oh yeah. As well. So like wow. all these guys moved on to some really cool shit as well. It's, as well as making something that is such a fucking classic, it's still $14 40 years after it's made on Apple to buy. <laughs> Wait, so, how ahead of its time is it, too, that they have the gay priest that Arnold Schwarzenegger is like, he's a gay priest, I can steal his fucking robes by just... You'd be like, oh, let me speak hard. to you in private. And that priest is like, okay. And he like goes... I'm yeah. shy. I'm shy. You should be proud of your well body. And he's, like, just give me, he's like, just give me your fucking robes, man. I, like, come on. All right, so I will say, so, I want to say something about like, the score. Priest, that's that's my guy. That's my target. The comedy is in there. Great. If we're, uh, just to point out the score, I feel like it, shameless is the right word. Mm. I think it was a little much at times, and I think it's technical. I don't think it's because of the composition itself. Uh, Star Wars was not released in mono. 
It was the first movie yeah. to come out with five speakers behind the screen. And those five were basically unified along the sides, nothing in the back yet. Mm. Those five this speakers, movie was four of those mixed. speakers were just for the horn section. <laughs> sure. This movie was mixed in mono. This movie was mixed in mono. The so the, there, there, were, there were way less dynamics. A really famous movie just with a familiar score that we can all talk about just Blade so we Runner. understand the point I'm about to make. No. Vangelis. <laughs> um, Indiana actually, Jones. That was, I'm pretty sure he was mixed in Chariots of Fire. Oh. <laughs> Oh, Jaws. Yeah, Caddyshack. Jaws is mixed in mono. And I think it's really effective because John Williams doesn't do his crazy, bombastic, gigantic thing. And I think, I don't know if he under, he's a genius, but I'm sure he understood the, the end product was going to be squeezed through the same oral space as all the dialogue and all the sound effects and everything. So sometimes I just kind of wanted to hear, I was kind of, I just felt like the music was so dominating over all the silence that it actually kind of, I don't know, sometimes I feel like it smothered the what was happening in the life of the scene a little bit. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Smother the life of the scene. Look, at you see? What, that was a lot of score. The life Come on, of the that scene, was a lot of score. There, it was unsmotherable. The life of the scene was unsmotherable. We had one of the weirdest witch fucking scenes I've ever seen in my life. Oh my God, it's so good. He walks into a house. <laughs> That's my favorite scene in the whole movie. Whatever, whatever, and the way, he, whole... the way he responds when he wants to keep going, but she's turning into a witch, and he's like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna throw you in the fire, dude! Just don't call her. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I don't, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know how women would find this scene. There's what definitely a, a lot of, bo- lo- definitely a lot of boobs in this, but in that witch scene, I don't know how they would think of him basically just like picking he up this person, he's fucking and throwing her into a fire. <laughs> in a fire well, she's he's like, like <laughs> you're leaving out the fact that she fucking transforms, yeah, she's, into like a yeah. beast lady. <laughs> no, nothing. Nothing is Dude, nothing. Is, you, there's th- no better might just have been a sex face. You don't know, guys. No, there's no better transformation than Vedic. <laughs> I feel like a recurring theme in movies that we keep watching is Vedic meditation or actually transcendental meditation. How did James Earl Jones at the orgy not participate? He just sat there and meditated himself into a snake, and then he just like came back into James Earl Jones. Like, how did, you're telling me, yeah, John? No, there was they no life was being. No, he leaves. No, yes. They he don't goes even through that little <laughs> tunnel thing. He literally, he was, yeah. he was at the origin. He, he was just maybe he was to take a shit. <laughs> the snake tunnel. He was yeah. watching. He goes through like, the snake goes tunnel. Goes through the snake tunnel and then eventually comes back out of it and comes a human again and then shoots by the a snake way, arrow, by the way, which is not a sexual reference. By the way, I have to, I have to clarify. I have seen this movie before and I saw it when I was a child and I didn't remember it oh, wow. until I saw that scene because that scene of him... Yes. And oh, they yeah. can that music is burnt that into your head. In, like my fucking nightmares, the music, yeah. that image of him like beginning to turn when they changed the color of his eyes. By the way, can we just take a moment? That was my favorite scene with the witch. My favorite moment in this scene is the beginning. His stare at the mother oh, yeah. when she lowers her sword yeah. at the beginning. Hot mother, hot mom, yeah. I mean, what the fuck James, was, James I mean, the balls James they had Jones. to take themselves that seriously in a movie like this. Well, he's so, That's like, going to be in the, the first fucking like, five minutes. He's like a hypnotic, he can hypnotize people. Oh, sort of like that, how, yeah. Sort of like how his priest, uh, that was such a cool scene. He's like, come my girl. And she just yeah. fucking jumps off the cliff. And then he so turns around good. and he goes, that's power. Like he didn't, yeah. even, he didn't even pretend like anything yeah, else. Was, I, I was so blown away by that. that. Just... This is three years before James Earl Jones was admitted into the National Theater Hall of Fame in 1985. Uh, I mean, right. but that's the thing. Everything he was given in anyone else's hands would have been clumsy, might have been over the top. He took that and made it well, fucking sinister. Oh, yeah. I, lo- 
I was watching yeah. Max von Sydow in his basically one scene, and I I was like, the arc of the scene is like textbook. Like they should study this in acting classes, where he's like laughing and then he's sad, and then he laughs and then he's sad. And Conan, it's like, does he hate Conan? Does he love him? Is he gonna kill him? Is he gonna praise him? It was such a good what scene. And then you see, and then you see James Earl Jones, and you're like, how how could he possibly top what Arnold Schwarzenegger and Max von Sydow were doing? And then all of the supporting characters. And he's this looming presence that you can't finish this film and not have him. I wasn't blasting. worried at all. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I like yeah, that yeah. he I mean, didn't go yelling. over the top. I like that everything. This movie is so <laughs> over the top, but it's great that they kept the villain like quiet, menacing. But also, you it it's not one of these villains where it's like you're like I don't know how he can gather followers. Like when you see him, you're like, oh, I can I see how that. he's charismatic and he's he's kind enough and he can get these people to follow him and do things. I don't know how, I, how he can power that hair straightener. <laughs> he's all, to me, he's more menacing than Darth Vader in this, in this movie, you know? Yeah. Some, he's, it's like an underlying. In his own suit. Yeah. <laughs> also, his armor is fucking dope with the double, those double dude, blades. and the costumes. Yeah. Okay, the costumes. That, that outfit that he dude. wears uh, when he turns up in the, like the full fucking robe and everything, every presidential candidate from now on has to rock up in that. <laughs> By the way, do you see they, how many no, nobody votes? How many him. like costume changes Conan goes through at the beginning just from the gladiator fights? That shit is uh, yeah. dope. Fucking love it. <laughs> There's so much detail uh, in how that. worn all the things look. I don't know. Well, it's it's funny too because sometimes you saw them and they almost look too clean. Like you saw these like animal skins, and I was like, ah, that kind of looks like they just got it from the cleaners. Yeah, but, but then, then yeah, those were the, fresh yeah, kills. The rug so, of the you know. hotel. And then, yeah, there were there were other sequences where it's like, oh, we are in a we're in. We're in spoiler territory. Absolutely, now. we've been in spoilers right. for yeah, about yeah, twenty yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah. We just didn't you know get to audience, it. Audience, you just fucking see. You know, fucking <laughs> it's, it's a forty-year-old movie. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> we passed the time limit of the spoilers. You push play on this I movie and you forget every spoiler. Like you, you forget yeah. it all. I mean, like I said, I've seen it fifteen, fifty times. I don't know, <laughs> a lot. Question for has, who here has seen in, in in the theater on a film print? Anybody? I've seen once. Nah, man, no. Nah. I think like when you see when you see it in the theater though those effects and everything they blend in really really well it's it's totally a theater experience. What's it like seeing a good old fashioned crucifixion in the theater? I mean, it's been a long time since I've seen a good crucifix. Like it was. I don't think I've ever seen a bride a lot of times. Besides Passion of Christ, besides um. Game of Thrones. Her, maybe they do. Oh, Game of Thrones. She 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 crucifies the whole town, right? The rich in that town. Um. He does it. Well, she, uh, she, she cuts yeah. it down. Five people are going to get the joke I just did in the world. I didn't get it. I, <laughs> I thought the... she, I thought she <laughs> In the world. Um, in the world. Saudi but, uh, Arabia, if you're listening. <laughs> you followed March to this podcast. Great. And that one person in Texas might get it as well. I don't know. Um, yeah. I, I, I got nothing. <laughs> All right, so this movie really. Remember when Arnold punched a vulture in this? I forgot he punched the he, bird in this. He, he, he like ate grabs it. it by the Did you mention? Yeah. He like bites. This. He's like his hands are tied up, and a bird is trying to a vulture trying to eat him. He's like fuck you, and he kills a vulture with his and mouth. There's, there's totally a, you can hear the like the neck neck snapping sound effect too. The sound effects in this movie are fucking hilarious. And there are other dude. birds watching. They're like, I'm not going down there. I'm not going down there. <laughs> it, it's funny. This this also had um, like 1,500 extras. Yeah, they it was like 1500 it was, this was the run the of American like Hollywood films. Like, but <laughs> but in in saying that, they had to pay them extra to stay dead. What? Because uh, yeah, apparently like all the Spanish extras they brought in, 
when they were stabbed and stuff would completely overact their death scene. It was like the fucking vampire at the end of Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. It's like, ooh, ah, oh, and like they took too long to die. And like even Arnold's quoted <laughs> as saying this in the commentary. It's like they took so long to die. Like they had to, they, they end up having to pay them extra to just fall down when they get hit by the sword. That is so wild. <laughs> I'll give you an extra hundred hours if you just fucking die. Yeah, just 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 yeah, shocking. Cut, cut about there. twenty seconds off that. Just go down. Wow. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's, me, so, there's, uh, there's so many great interviews about this movie that they've given with some of the shit that they had to deal with, and it's yeah, it's phenomenal. <laughs> so one thing that I kept noticing while watching this that again, there's a shamelessness here, and you're just kind of it just is Conan just is like this movie just existed. They don't explain what they don't want to get into. They don't have time. They have too much of a giant epic to cover, and too many names I've never heard of for them. There to is say. one. Great. <laughs> there's one. There's one giant snake <laughs> in this movie. Yes. One, just one. And it looks great. One. It looks fantastic when it slithers, like, By the slithers way, up. Didn't that eye look dope when it starts to dilate? It looked, oh, that yeah. snake yeah, eye looked, looked great. fucking real to me. It didn't look so good when he was stabbing it through the mouth. <laughs> that was so fun. How, how fun was that I'll when Arnold's that. killing the snake? He's punching this fake snake. I want to see the outtakes of him punching this fucking fake snake. That's well, so they, they made an animatronic one, and they, they they didn't use it very often, but like they, they used it for the slither, and then, yeah, yeah they re- resorted to the rubber snake. For I just the... love how casually, I love how casually he, yeah, Mark, he, he, he killed those dogs. Like, we, we all, none of us are going to be super surprised by that, even though it's really cool. But there was no buildup to the snake stabbing at all. It's... He just reacted and shoved his sword through that fucking snake's head. This is a giant snake. There was no, like, talk about it. And the only allusion to this snake is when James Earl Jones goes, he's going to be very mad. He raised that snake from a baby. Well, then here's the only time. Hey, one of his henchmen. You have to think, though, they're, they're, like, they're not expecting it either because they're just going there to steal that ruby or that, that, gem, that gemstone. But then he sees it, and nobody acknowledges the, like, I didn't know snakes could get that thing. They just, they just there's just this giant fucking snake, and he like really reaches over it. I, I just thought there were things like that that I thought were really cool. That like they just are in this world. So in a way, it's like it's not yeah. realistic in at all. In the next scene, they didn't just go, guys. Did you see that snake? Yeah, he has seen like a crazy talk about the fucking snake, <laughs> but he has seen like a crazy witch before and some other stuff. So it's yeah, kind of like I feel as though it's like part of the environment where the it's just there's crazy shit everywhere. Actually, when you're watching this movie and you're thinking like, can you imagine just living in this environment? It must be fucking awful. Oh my god, terrible! It's like South Texas, like. I feel like- <laughs> You come to that. Um, sorry. I think I would be dead, uh, honestly. The Alamo, you can have it. Um, so, the, you know, the best line in the movie, though, this is totally relevant to this. And I, it's, when, as soon as the guy was like, what is best in life? And they, you know, they yeah. cut out, they, they cut out words to make it sound like old English. <laughs> this is how, this is how you say old English without actually saying words that, that human, that we wouldn't understand. What is best in life? And people are like, money, sword, gold. And then he turns to, he's like, Conan, what is best in life? And he just goes, crush your enemies, hear the lamentation of their women. And it's like. Wait, do it in his voice. Yeah. Hold on, wait. Do it in his voice. That's the first, that's the the first time he speaks. Of the women. <laughs> that's it. And then you, that's the first time he talks that? in the movie, and literally, isn't it? <laughs> and literally every person in the room was like, 
Oh, yep, that's it. That was I was, yes. I was wrong. Yes, good job. I was Cohen. wrong. Good job. He is Let's correct. not argue with the guy who just cracked that seven foot guy, tall guy's skull. Like, yeah. <laughs> but I like that one guy, that delivery, that one guy's like, and the wind in your hair. And no, and there's like no, no one gives a fuck what that yeah. guy says. It's great. He thinks he's saying something like really poetic, and like nobody gives poetic, a yeah. shit. What are the? I don't even know what the lamentations Dude. of their women are, but it's like, yep, that's it. What about how funny when is that they that these get, people just they, watch code and do it like he's in a cave? They just throw a woman in there, and I know this is not great for women, so I apologize. For watching this movie. <laughs> But she, they literally throw her. She's just like completely topless, and he's like a he's like a like a ape in a zoo, just like the way he. But he treats her, I guess, more lovingly. Dude, you know, but you know about the well, the old English when they got married. They used to like carry the groom and the like the, the king and his wife up and watch them consummate the marriage. Well, they had to make it official. They had to make sure. Yeah. So like. Yeah, it's not that's not big, not that big a stretch. Not it a is king. funny to he's hear a, those people grumbling behind though. They're like, "Oh, yeah." Yeah, yeah these, these. <laughs> it's like, "Yeah, wow, he's a, he's more of an up and down person. I'm kind of yeah. an along guy." <laughs> they, did that, <laughs> they did that in House of the Dragons this past week, too. <laughs> John, oh, I haven't seen this? it yet. <laughs> I haven't either. I feel like this movie really uh really started to take shape for me in the first stealing in the in the snake uh sanctuary scene when you meet um what's her name valerian what's valeria. Uh, valeria valeria you know do you want to live forever you know that whole she thing golden like, globe from this movie and... hey look man i thought she did a good job but honestly like the uh you know when you're watching these stories and we're all kind of like trained to watch movies this way but especially like the hero's journey kind of thing mark you're right the pushing with the thing and everybody died that was fucking awesome um, but I kept waiting to be like, what's going to be the catalyst that gets him into, you know, the shenanigans that will eventually deliver him to the obstacle that brings him back to James Earl Jones. So I didn't, I didn't see the thievery coming. Hmm. I didn't see them meeting her. Um, as soon as they met her, I thought like, you know, they're totally going to do it at some point, but I thought it was oh, interesting yeah. that they, I mean, anytime they we met a woman, of, it was like, they're totally going to do it at some point. Very eighties way of describing what was going to happen. Yeah, well, here's totally the, here's the, it. I thought it was here's interesting the thing too. It's like, he only knows, a, he doesn't know. He was a kid when all this stuff happened. So he's like, I don't mind that he goes on his sort of journey of self-discovery and meeting for in the friends that he gathers through that. And how he, it's sort of like he's also sidetracked by the riches of all his, the, the glory he's achieved. You know, he's like, yeah. just, he's achieved they, so much that he's just getting drunk in this tavern. And then it sort of takes that king to be like, okay, I need you to rescue my daughter. And then it sort of brings him back on track. I think the, they try, the story they tried is to cut fantastic. the scene uh, where he, where he fell drunk into the oh, really? soup. Because, the, yeah, the producers tried to think, they, they, they were basically like, yeah, it, it demeans him. It's like no, we're sending a message here. It's, yeah, like, it's like you know, you, you've suddenly experienced, is, yeah, yeah you, you've experienced these riches, and now you've encountered this decadence because you can afford it. Yeah, and you have to come back from that. And like, and he even had, says his age. And He's the, like the producer 20s. was like, "No, I want a cart," and they were like, "Go fuck yourself." So yeah, I'm glad they did. But it, it, this is this reminds me of Rocky a little bit in that uh, like Rocky doesn't have the inciting incident incident about halfway through the film. And this is the same. It's it's True. building his team and building Conan and building the character. And then there's the inciting incident about, I want to say, 40 minutes, no, 30, 40 minutes in. And that sets him on his quest. Yeah. And like Rocky IV where and somebody it, molests it a pig. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
Did you see that? Like, all, they're in like the tavern, and there's like all this stuff going on, and these these two guys like tying up a pig. And Peta would not let that happen nowadays. <laughs> oh, that's speaking, right. Yeah, they're like holding it and like pig. dragging it. And the and the camera just moves aside, and I was like, did they just torture this pig for a background credit? Like, <laughs> but it kind it's it, it, I'll, I'll be honest though, it kind of it makes you realize what kind of environment this is. Yeah, it's you like you know what you're right. It's a tavern. And look, but pig, there's also like animals pig. in a marketplace. It feels very lived in to me. It's yeah. like okay, this is sure. like yeah. this is how these people live. Jeff. I mean, who knew the Jeff. actor the actor from Babe did porn before him? <laughs> I'm just gonna drink for that Where's one. Where's everybody's buzzers? <laughs> that pig was delicious, by the way. I'm sure they ate that. John, <laughs> Later you've that been a vegetarian for ten years. years. <laughs> pork, pork was where it was at when I was still eating the meats. <laughs> okay, um, okay. Right. there, there are a couple of things. I have, um, I have a couple of questions. Okay. From the rewatch of this. Okay, so I also, as research, because we don't do enough research, to ask YouTube. Yeah, ask um, YouTube. <laughs> And uh, I so to, as research, I also watched the Jason Momoa version Ooh. of this film. Momoa versus Arnold. What are your thoughts? That, I I actually I did see that movie in the theater. It's it's crap. He just I mean mm. sorry. <laughs> he's a he's a I mean I say I, sorry. I set I, you up. <laughs> I, don't I like what? I like I like Jason Momoa. I think he could have brought something to it, but the script. Terrible. That director does. I, it wasn't not just the script. It just felt like it was never. Tiny. You were never thinking like if this guy needs to pick up a fucking rock and throw it, he's good with Momoa. And yeah. like for me, yeah, Arnold all the way in this role. Um, the thing that got me the most about watching that was I watched the Momoa version, and my wife came home and she's like, "Oh, you watched that? I would have watched that with you." Oh, really? I'm like, "Oh, well, I'm about to watch the actual film, Conan. Do you want to watch that?" And she's like, "No." And like her oh. walkout soundtrack walked <laughs> up. And I'm like. Is Jason Momoa in I, her like um, uh, in her? Yeah, I I feel threatened. Jason, <laughs> Jason is. <laughs> I already outed my girlfriend for Chris Hemsworth being her number one. Jason's her number two. Of course, of course. John, I mean, you gotta get to the gym, bro. Like I don't know what to tell you. Can, sure. Yeah, Honestly, I can't really blame her, mommy. You gotta, you gotta get in those brave heart like stretching things, you know, where he dies, and then you gotta. <laughs> oh. One other thing I want to bring up before we get into the questions I have. John's gone. Uh, one thing I want to bring up before the like the questions I have is um the when the, he they send him to the east to learn the the martial arts. Oh yeah. And the instructor is there. Oh the instructor's there, like giving him giving him the speech, and the other guy lies and he just swings around and nut kicks. I that fucking guy. love that. I just can't believe I can't I can't I was imagine, like, Holy I just shit. Keep to imagine. I had a math teacher guys. like that once. <laughs> I just keep trying to imagine like we're making a movie together and we're let's be real. The first hour of this movie is montage. It's just montage of building up his lore and his life and his education. It's passing over everything and just showing you tidbits. Right. I can't imagine thinking we're going to take him to the East and we film like 30 seconds of that guy screaming at that guy in Chinese gibberish and then kicking him in the nuts and being like, I think we got it. No, no, no. Wait, can I just tell you something? I think I think we're good. That, Let's move back. <laughs> that scene is great because if you notice, when he fights at the end, when he's fighting Thalsa Doom and his war, yeah, he does know. the yeah. fucking move from the training scene. It's great. But it shows his intelligence because he's learning yeah. new things. He picks it up and he knows how to use it. It's like, it's awesome character yeah. development. It may seem like a montage, but... It's a huge piece of character development. That's a fucking great throwback. Well, I it's love just that. A, it's, just a, it's just a rule 
that you know again like we shift as as times change with movie history and stuff and i think it's really interesting that this movie coming off the back of the 70s did not rely on a lot of montage storytelling is strictly intellectual it's just information and i thought it was interesting that they built an entire character's foundation around scenes that didn't really give him as many opportunities to have an emotional reaction or an emotional connection to what was happening to him. So like, I'm just going to cite it. The very first time, one of the most famous lines from Gladiator is his first fight, right? Or, or his, uh, at the end of the montage of his first Gladiator sequence, are you not entertained? Right? That whole sequence is cool. And we're like watching and we're like, oh God, the blood, it's so good. And we turn into the people that are watching those close-ups of everybody being like, oh, fuck yeah. And then he turns it on us. He says, are you not entertained? And he fucking says, fuck you. They don't, they don't, they don't need any of that in Conan the Barbarian. No, it's it's just interesting that it's it, it, honestly. I was watching. I was like, they're getting away with it. They're getting away with us. Just they're telling us a story, which is smart because they're literally narrating the story to us. So they they had this ability to just to just let me tell you about this character. Oh, it's not about you watching and observing and becoming him. Here's the difference. It's, you really did just get to hear the tale. Sorry. Here's the difference between Gladiator and this movie. In Gladiator, he interacts and talks to a lot of people. And also, by the way, Gladiator reflects a lot of this movie. But for Conan, his parents are killed. He's captured. As a kid, he talks to no one. He's just pushing this fucking mill around into his late teens and 20s. That's a good 10 and years, then, right? And then he's he's freed but basically captured by this guy who's raising gladiators. He doesn't have he doesn't talk to many people and the fact that he's so quiet and everything's internalized it's because he's been by himself for the longest time. He's most of the movie he's imprisoned or controlled by other people and even that king. So he doesn't necessarily have a mind of his own to for and to say certain things up until maybe to and i love the fact that he is a very quiet character and his moment you were talking about how in gladiator it has that moment of are you not inter entertained for me it's when conan has done everything and he's just sitting by himself on that staircase and just reflecting and it's all internalized and i think that's brilliant intentional or not he played his fucking nuance Which after he kills thalsa doom the sun is rising and he's just <laughs> sitting on the staircase. Oh, yeah. At the yeah. Very and end. to also, me, yeah, that's yeah. like... He's a hell of a discus great thrower, man. He, threw, he threw that flame a hundred yards. Um, yeah, it's... Whether whether it was... You, you sometimes have to give the director credit as John. Somebody could act the shit out of it and then the one shitty take that they do where they forget their you know arc is the one they use in the film and then they get roasted about it for years. Arnold played his nuance, man. He, You're right. You're 100% right. He was a cattle mm. and then he his... his ability to be self-aware and to make his own decisions you almost see him make those decisions in real time as opposed to contemporary filmmaking where sometimes it just seems random it seems like we should just yeah. assume things about people but it's good to to witness it from beginning to end yeah this felt to me it felt what more I natural because he's gone through all of that and that to be on the moment he's free is not when that guy that's in charge of the gladiators cuts his chain the moment he's really free is he throw he threw away the sword that his only connection with his people and his with his and his mother and father he throws that away so now you've know that he, and it's a shame that the sequels don't follow through with this but it's actually a very intelligent movie he's just like 
you think about it, he's accomplished his mission. He's gotten to the stature that he's at. And it's like, a, it's just this amazing scene of like, now what? But it's great because he doesn't have to tell anyone that. You just see it in his face and, is a, and, and, and in the scenery and the composition. And I think it's a beautiful movie because of that. It really elevates it more than some sword and sorcery movie. It's actually a really good character study. Gosh! You got gosh. And this is from and this is from, this is from the guy that had the story credit on 1941, which is one of our worst reviewed <laughs> films we've ever done on this podcast. Okay, like, I just want to correct. You can correct. <laughs> Sorry, go. Maybe we got to give Oliver Stone. You can co-write 1941, yeah. and then you can co-write Apocalypse Now. That's how this business works. Um, I didn't like any of those things. Because I want to, I want to spin off of what Mark was just saying. <laughs> Uh, Mark, I thought it was interesting that you used the word it felt natural to you because one thing I really enjoyed about the the overall aesthetic and the direction, the performances, was that I didn't see this recent Conan. I didn't see it, but I have a feeling like a lot of contemporary movies that do period, there was a contemporary naturalism projected into it. It's I like that this was heightened and theatrical and subdued and his character wasn't like pedestrian outside of like some like basic human emotions, like laughing when he's drunk and having sex every now and then. Like I really appreciated that. It didn't feel like, can't you relate to these people with the way that they're just like us? It's like, no, they're not. Yeah. (laughs) Nothing about about their existence is even remotely similar to the way we all live now. So I don't, I, I hate it when people do that in contemporary, you know, especially the sword and sandal, that whole kind of thing, when they project that kind of energy upon it, I don't think it works. So I really thought that it, it this lent itself and it felt, it felt authentic. It felt, it felt vacant in a way that I don't know if I've ever seen in another sword and sandal movie. Yeah. Cause a lot of those movies are almost like Shakespearean from the fifties and sixties. They talk in these huge monologues and it, you know, there's something to that as well. Cleopatra is a great movie. There's, you know, there've been Spartacus is a great movie, but I really did like that. This went kind of the other way. And it felt like the, it felt like the the angry, mongrel, silent version of what all of those films were trying to do underneath those fancy monologues. And this, I've never seen nothing else. I've never seen another movie like that. Well, by the way, with, with what they achieved there. Not to contradict you, John, but I don't think it's very angry. It's actually, it's a very sweet film too, because he develops, you can see the develop between yeah. him and Valerian and also Subatai. Like when they, it actually feels like, like they're falling in love. Conan is no longer like the beginning. He's like, ah, they're all sluts. And then he's like developing a relationship with a woman. And he was breed. He was used for breeding before. And then, no, by the right, way, there's man. another amazing line, which always gets me. And uh, it's when Subatai's like, he's like, why are you crying? And he's like, I cry because he won't. And that's a phenomenal line. And it's so simple. It doesn't have to, ha- this, that's what's great about this movie. It doesn't need to be, it doesn't need monologues to describe things. It just needs one, one sentence. No, dude, and you, it's you're enough totally right. to like, this was not- you understand Conan, you understand mm. Subatai, and you also understand that guy that's like now part of their group. It's fantastic. I don't oh, see right, that in many movies well. now. Uh, once, once was, before we get back to the uh, the questions I have, I want to point out as well the animated effects, uh, especially in the resurrection scene with the demons, 
still held up. Like I, I was making something she similar to that. that was, oh, cool. No, but like those those <laughs> hand drawn animated demons that were trying to pull him down had like musculature yeah. and everything. It like I, I I was asked to make something very similar recently for a visual effect for a feature film, and like it's like that design still works. It still worked for me. It was like that held up. It did hold up. And Mark, you're right, dude. I will totally, totally, totally agree That's with that. It was a very, oh, yeah, oh, nice. nice. Fuck yeah. It was a very positive movie all the way up to the end when ultimately James Earl Jones was like trying to woo him and not in like the twirly mustache way, just like I made you who you are. And I thought it was really interesting from just a script analysis thing that he had already stated that fact. I thought it was cool that he was reiterating it, that James Earl Jones character thought you're finally to a place where maybe you can understand what I said to you 40 minutes ago in the film. You would not be here if it wasn't for me, and I'm willing. I'm ready to welcome you. And it's still, I and and they didn't give Conan like that. He, he wasn't two dimensional right there. I felt like they gave him a moment where you thought he's conflicted. Because yeah. what is life? What he's is not if he sure kills if he all wants humans? To kill then, him, but then what he has is life to. with just three people alive? You know, like this is you need a community yeah. or something. Mm. Who's he going to throw into fires after some weird sex? You know, he's just got to make sure. Dave, what are your other questions? (laughs) (laughs) Who are you going to throw into the fire after some weird sex and convince him to commit suicide? Yeah. Okay. I I have questions. This this starts off with a very famous quote that which does not kill you makes you stronger. It's the one part that doesn't age because we know that was was disproved in 2020. (laughs) So, David, David. David. Okay. This movie, I started laughing out loud when I saw that Nietzsche quote, though. I was like, wow, they are shameless. Shameless is the is the word yeah. for this movie. Yeah. Ooh, that is bold. Anyway, keep All going. Right. Sorry. You can trust the sword. His advice from his father. You can trust the sword. Immediately failed by the sword, which is then used to kill his mother. <laughs> Good point. A hundred percent true. Yeah. Steel doesn't lie. Yeah. There are some fun contradictions throughout this. Yes, this, this I did. I did like that. Like, what gods do you pray to? And then they have a a thing about why their god is better, and nobody killed anyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, that was I was My very appreciative of that. Yeah, I think that by was, the way, that was kind of refreshing. To, to me, though, the, <laughs> okay. the 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 steel and you can trust it. It's is as in it's a tool. Whereas if you trust another person, perhaps they can stab you yeah. in the back. You can trust that a sword However, will kill you if it goes a, into a, you. Yeah, exactly. It's a tool that if you use it properly, you can rely on it. But the thing is, it, it is, I think it's meant to be disproven because that blade, he shatters it himself. He breaks that blade that his father, that's forged at the beginning. So you're, try, you're yeah. also seeing that He's conflicted yeah. with, there's like, there's so many different things he's conflicted about. It's his father's teaching, it's religion. There's so many things that have to go through his mind, but that's yeah. what's formulating him. And you have to was... keep in mind, like I said before, when he talks about his age, he's still in his 20s yeah. toward the end. Just there. like the author. And that prayer was I, not I just very want convincing, you know by the way. This, is, this is for it's rationalizing like, If you're not that crumb, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay, well. Like, that's what I say to God. God, if you're there, please. That's your but, mark. You can take it. Here's, here's God, another. please cure that cancer. And if you're not there, go fuck yourself. No, but here's another. <laughs> here, but here's a cool scene where it shows that Conan, he's not just rigid in his belief. He, but everything up until he meets Subata is like when he sees something, that's a sign of Krom. Then yeah. he has a conversation with Subatai, and he's like, your God 
my God's in the sky. Your God lives beneath mine. And Conan does not refute that. He kind of, it he looks like that, yeah. he thinks about it. And he's like, maybe you're right. Maybe there's more to then just steal. Maybe there's more. And I think that's why he throws the sword away at the end. He realizes it's like all these other teachings he's heard in his life experience. Some of that's not true. And he has to get rid of things that are not true and believe in the things that he sees as truth. And I think that's a really cool part of the story. He's right, like, gonna, we're developing gonna... with him. Like how many religions have we grown up with uh, when we were children? And you have to decide which one is right for you and which one is not. And I think for Conan, he sees an example, like maybe that truth of steel is really not a thing. And maybe he's conflicted at that last point because he's gone through all that. And he sees that maybe this isn't the way. And I think that's awesome. It's actually, a, to me, it's a very intelligent movie. It's not just a guy going around killing people. There's a lot of layers to this movie. <laughs> the double gush. <laughs> double gush. <laughs> you have to drink for the gush, too. Dave, what else you got, dude? I, I did. I, it's funny. I point. I wrote a note about the, when he picks the flowers, the, the thing about do you have ah. any flowers? <laughs> Uh, and they're purple. <laughs> and when he arrives in the next scene, they're white. Yeah. And I was like, that's a massive continuity. But then I realized, I look, like, I looked up the tech specs and they were using Kodak T100 film to film this, which means they're using a tungsten film in daylight. So they have to filter it. And I realized that I can't make a joke about that because there's actually a technical <laughs> reason why the flowers change color. Nice. <laughs> I have a question. I have a question. I have a buzz for that. After, after, although I was not let down by the final fight scenes and the final, you know, confrontation at the yeah, very Home end. Alone had nothing on this. When they dropping. first, <laughs> wow, yeah, that's just it, it didn't matter at all, right? They didn't even they utilized one of them. I mean, they that fell awesome. through all the, the rest of their awesome sticks. Anyway. I mean, they they were anyway. supposed to though. Rubber, what a waste but... of sticks. <laughs> Honestly, what a waste yeah, of time! One they horse. Spent so like, how many hours did this? minutes <laughs> slicing stuff. I'll buzz myself for, for that. They made so, so many of them. It the didn't one make horse sense. fell and just wiped them all, right, all out. All right. He was already dead anyway. He didn't need the stakes. Okay, sorry. What were you saying? To... All right, one of my favorite, my one of my favorite lines in the whole movie. And I again, I really didn't know what was going to come. So I was like, when James Earl Jones, when they first escape with Max von Sydow's daughter, and they're getting her out, and he says, "They will fear the night." They will remember why they are scared of the night. And then he shoots them with a snake yeah. arrow. And then they attack him broad daylight. <laughs> Ironically, John said that to hold me just second. before a hold shoot a in a bank. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> they said, they said in the script, so I did this true story. They said earlier in the script, they said that his his militia, when they were still like building followers and they were just conquering, and he thought he was trying to get steel and power, they said that they would come at night. They didn't, though. They didn't when they attacked his village. And then at the very end, they could, they could not. I just feel like they teed it up so much. I was like, oh, shit. This is going to be like a firelight, like torches in the fucking sand. This is going to be badass. And they were like, they just completely yeah. abandoned it. This is funny. I just thought that was weird. The, what was he talking about? The one thing I thought was cool is like he talks about they'll fear the night, but he kills Thulsa Doom at That's night. That's true. True, and then and then it's the, so the more yeah, and, and the over, one yeah. he also kills the one god that he didn't kill during the fighting montage. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, interesting. The one guard. Yeah, there any is others, one Dave? But anyway, I thought that was just really funny. But I if you notice, every every time they're successful against Thulsa Doom, it happens at night. Like they kill that big snake at night. True. They 
they invade at night. So these thieves, most of their success takes place at night. And I think maybe that that di- line of dialogue alludes to like, well, maybe they feel confident in the night because they're thieves. So maybe that's like... That's really sweet of you, Mark. I think they realized we don't have the light to shoot this at night. There's a lot of we can't shoot this. There's a lot of night scenes. There's a lot of night scenes in this movie that look great. So I don't know if that's yeah, true. Their interior, though. Their interior, though. Or you their try giant to shoot outside at night. Yeah. That shit's fucking John, difficult. John Super Carpenter days, does it all the time. John Carpenter only shoots at night, and he's been around John since Carpenter like seventies. John Carpenter can afford a fucking crane. I know. Like... I'm just saying, it takes a lot of light. Anyway, I thought that was funny. There were. Uh, God, there was another really fun. All right, I want to play a game with you guys because I've already brought it up a few times. I kind of thought about this halfway through the All movie. Right, and we're I at an hour twenty. Myself. But yeah, <laughs> sure. What if Martin Scorsese and his actors troupe had gotten to make this movie? Oh my god! In which roles would It'd you cast hilarious. Robert De Niro, John Cazale, and Joe Pesci? Out of our three, Robert De Niro is a gay priest. Movie, Robert De Niro, gay Joe, priest. Joe Pesci, <laughs> Joe, Joe Pesci, a subatai. <laughs> yeah. Oh <God>. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? They're gonna remember when they play the night. They're gonna remember. <laughs> Did you say Robert De Niro is the gay priest? Yes. This is all I wear. This is the guy who's gonna wear. He's like, well, you should like your body. Why are you like your body? Why are you like your body? Why are you scared? Why are you scared with all those muscles? You have a great body. Why are you like your body? You don't like it? You don't like it? Why don't you like it? You don't like it, you don't like <laughs> so good. How about Ray Liotta oh, as Salsa so Doom? Ray Liotta? Oh, oh God. God. <laughs> Harvey the Harvey Keitel is the na- as the narrator who oh, wait, who's the who's the, who's the guy? <laughs> oh, fuck yeah, dude. Oh, who's yeah. Fuck That's me. fucking true. That's exactly where he would go. That's exactly where he would go. Oh God, that's so funny. Man. All right. Uh, anyway, just to, and a fourteen-year-old Jodie Foster as the one, best friend. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, who kills? One or two like, things yeah. I want to point out: like uh, in the in the resurrection scene when the the wizard is painting all the runes on Conan, he's like. <laughs> um, do, do you remember our like uh, a guy a, uh, like he appeared on a show a while back? Ryan. Heard of him? Yeah. My good friend Ryan. Yeah. Australia tech, That's uh, the noise he so makes good. when he's drunk. Oh. I swear to God. <laughs> it, 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 I don't know if he's ever going to listen to this episode, but like Ryan makes so he, he thinks he's explaining the plot of Rock of Love to you, but that's really what's coming out of it's his just mouth. Just Tibetan throat singing. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yes. All right. That was another moment where I was like, I was he he was casting the spell as he was painting the runes. But then at night he was like, "I'm not touching that shit." He yeah, was terrified. Yeah, I'm the fuck out of like, here. There was yeah. no, there was no spell casting. He was just like, "I don't know what's going to happen to him." It's, it's like when we'll you see... take someone to a haunted house and it's actually haunted. It's like, what the fuck? Well, you know, think about it this way though. This guy's been on his own, and it's probably his first time doing the spell. And then when he sees those demons, he's like, "Oh fuck this shit! I'm out of here." But I like yeah. the fact that she's the way she stays, and and Subatai, and they keep his body down. That's such a cool. It's such a simple scene, but you know they legit yeah. care about him. It's awesome. Mm. Like how, like when I yeah, see, dude. when I watch, also, like when I'm watching Game of Thrones or all these other like sword and sorcery shows where like everyone just treats each other like shit. There, there's always arguments. <laughs> it's great to see a group of people that of actually like each other. Like, and I don't know. I'm so tired of seeing these anti heroes where they're just fucking all cunts, and it's like I oh, got to watch these assholes. 
interact with each other. I like seeing a tight knit group of people. It's true. Like, you know, it's great. Yeah. While we're on the subject of tight knit groups think- of people, her last line, like, hold me, kiss me, let me breathe my last breath into your mouth. Yeah, it's all right, was hang like, on, sweetie. Well, we need a kink list if this is going any yeah, further. I was like, this is going really well, but uh, I moved on. Yeah, I'm a little freaked out <laughs> no, right now. Um, I thought it was like a bit, was pretty cool. Was, was she, finger in the butthole action. next <laughs> after breathing my last breath into your mouth. Like, put your finger in that my That was pretty cool. <laughs> Jeez, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty cool that we saw the fucking Valkyrie <laughs> moment. Yeah, that's cool. Right? I couldn't stop thinking about Mark, did you like The Northman? I haven't seen it yet, but I'd, I'd uh, love well, we to see it. We talked about it, and obviously there's some parallels. You don't know, listen to our podcast before you go like... see it. <laughs> By the way, the, a lot of times I don't listen to your podcast is because I haven't seen the movies, so I apologize. I, I have to catch up on movies. <laughs> uh, we just yeah, have to yeah, do yeah, all sure, movies sure, all the time, sure, so you're listening to the movies. Anything else about Conan, guys? Anything else we got here? We'll have to save The Northman. Um, inside scoop for our private <laughs> chat which is now named conan's cunts <laughs> i thought it was like to yeah, me like when it. you when you hear about this movie a lot of people will like they have this preconceived notion that it's just some guy going around slaughtering people and that's the mm. case too but There's it's so actually a very yeah. sweet movie <laughs> to me also it's it's really it's really funny that a lot of people get the Conan the Barbarian confused with Conan the Destroyer. Oh, yeah. Like, a lot of people think they've seen Barbarian, but they've actually seen Destroyer, and they think that was Barbarian. And that movie... Like, I've seen this come across such... It's very different. (laughs) Yeah, I have a question, and this will will be my last... What's the guy's name uh, that plays his companion? Uh, Tracy... Morgan. Let's... Yeah. Yeah, he holds, like, the record for playing the most roles where he uses exactly the same character. Is that a real oh, really? record, or are you just being a dick? I just, I'm just being a dick, really. <laughs> but no, <laughs> actually, Matt was showing every me there's this one fucking, actor that every he, his character is the same name throughout every single role he's played. I forgot that fucking guy's name, but it was ridiculous. Jerry Lopez? Are you talking about Subutai? No, no, no it was a different actor. Of, oh God, Will Chamberlain. I'll have, Will I'll Chamberlain. have to look it up. Did you say Wilt? Right, I have a question. He's in Conan the Destroyer. I have a question, Mark. Mark and David, may, and I, I, uh, Walt, we can go Walter. out on this for the listeners. Yeah. We can go out on this, maybe. Uh, is it worth seeing Red Sonia and the other Conan movie? Conan whatever Destroyer. that is. I mean, <laughs> I, Destroyer I, is campy as fuck. They're um, both but cheesy, it's, right? Yeah. I mean, like, but Olivia Diabo's in it. She's great. Um... That's all I remember. <laughs> all right. Well, that is no. Here's the thing. <laughs> like, Conan the Barbarian has, like, this scale, this epic scale. And the other, like, Red Sonia and Conan the Destroyer just feel like really crap. It looks like they shot in someone's backyard. It looks like crap. They both look like garbage. <laughs> there's, like, there's, a, I'll totally take a drink for that one. 
Because it's true. Stick to that clear glass of empty liquid after all the shit we Oh, no, this is vodka. This is straight vodka now. Yeah, yeah. I have my bottle with me here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's in the danger zone. I like how it blurs out because you have the blurry background for our audience. He has the blurry background thing on Zoom. So when he puts the vodka up, no, it almost looks like it's like we vod- haven't paid for the, the endorsement. <laughs> yeah, it's, no, it's because those vodka people haven't sponsored That's us it. yet. That's it. It looks true, really He should. holds it up and it's like, no. Get on it, vodka people. Sorry, what were you finishing thought, Mark? I was ba- basically like Conan the Barbarian is it's on another level. I think it it should be up there with I, I there's so many movies that borrow from it, you know, like even like we discussed Gladiator. I think a lot of movies borrow heavily from the way this story is told. And yeah, and yeah. I think it's it should be I think it's a very underrated and it's a very influential film. There you go. I think we can finish I on that. I think that's a fucking way to bring it home. Well said, man. Mean, yeah. So glad we had you on, dude. Oh, thanks so, so much glad. for having me. This is perfect super addition fun to, to talk this episode. To. We don't we don't have a you guys we, you. we don't have a jingle to segue into our final segment, so I'll just say Fuck you, John. Oh, that sound means it is oh, time that's what for, that button's for. It, that sound means that we are in our final segment. What you've been watching. That's right. What you've been watching before we go around the horn and we talk about things we've been seeing that we want to watch. Why don't we go ahead and start with our guest today? Is that okay, Dave? If we start with Mark, Mark. That's okay. What you been watching? Oh, I'll allow it. So how does this work? Do I rattle off a bunch of so stuff? So you, you and Matt turn this into a whole segment, which is things. great. But just, just, tell, just give us some recommendations, something that you want to... Well, I've, I've been watching... Uh, Matt recommended this show, The League. I've been looking for like a nice comedy. and the, the, uh, the fantasy... So the fantasy yeah so i've been watching that and it's fucking hilarious let's see what else have i been seeing i actually to be honest i've been watching a lot of series and yeah, uh, yeah. not mm. too much yeah so i've been watching the bear it's fun right which is it's really good. good yeah i really enjoy i'm like on episode five and so far so good um what's another one i've watched i've been actually been watching a lot of family guy of recent nice. just because nice. i've been i've been looking for comedies and uh as far as movies, geez, it's crazy. There's not many things I can recommend in the movie realm. Uh, right. So you're not recommending. No, we, we also do series Beast. here. That's fine. Uh, yeah, no, Beast was Beast. like. <laughs> I almost thought I that was watched Ghost in the Dark. That you know what's funny? It's because there's so many good old movies. It makes the new movies hard to recommend. Good. Because I can find a parallel. Keep the bar high. That's yeah, like recommend, recommend the old watch, ones. Fuck it. I would say watch Ghost in the Darkness. That movie. Fantastic. Young filmmakers uh, make your movies. Now. Watch the, the bar high. now. Oh yeah. <laughs> Except for Dave, maybe, don't watch. I mean, <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. Maybe watch it on two speed. I don't know. Like, Dave, you're up next. What do you want to recommend besides Apocalypse Now? Cody Buzzfeed. Oh, there we go. <laughs> okay, so I watched um, on Netflix the movie Day Shift. Oh, oh yeah, I saw that come out. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Yeah. Snoop Dogg in a fucking cowboy hat fighting vampires. <laughs> and there are so many Lost Boy references that me and my wife watched the Lost Boys straight after it. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Nice. Uh, like, it was, <laughs> little Kiefer it's, Sutherland it's, at his best. It's so, dude, it's so fucking amazing. Like, the Day Shift film is so funny and like the the that's good man the, i heard it was bad so i'm it's glad it's not bad at all they, 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 they got contortionists to play some of the vampires some of the shit they do is amazing oh yeah that was dope. um <laughs> yeah and like it's, it's i enjoyed it thoroughly by the way dave did you like bright 
you think that was in their pitch? I did. I did actually like Bright. <laughs> so that actually the, that movie reminded yeah. me a lot of Bright. I love those like you know I guess they're yeah. like these and LA. I, based, I feel like they, they would have been another one by now if he hadn't punched Netflix someone at the Oscars. Thing. But um, <laughs> the, it wasn't a punch. It was a slap. Good old slap. The real one. Too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it was uh, it was a, it was a slap with feeling. Uh, I also watched the uh, two extra episodes they dropped this week of The Sandman. Oh, what did you think? Uh, cool, man. I fucking loved them. The the I mean, Dream of a Thousand Cats is a very popular book. Um, the way they the animated is the only way they could have done it. The voice talent in it is amazing. And then that's the shorter of the the like the half of the episode. And then they go into Calliope, which is fucking brutal. By the time you get to the end of it, you are rooting for the people that are going to hurt people. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it is amazing. Oh. Actually, Matt and I were debating whether we should watch it or not, and I think okay, now I will. What Sandman the or last, the, the bonus eight? episodes? Because uh, we yeah, ca- I mean, we kind of didn't like the way the last two episodes or the last essentially five played out. Okay. <laughs> Because um, I, it felt like we didn't like less five way, out of the eight episodes. We didn't like. But. <laughs> by the way, I have a question for you guys. Did when you That's did right. it, I can, I can, I can, I can actually, yeah, I can Sandman actually incorporate feel- "Go Fuck Yourself" into an okay. <laughs> <laughs> but did the last five, like the first five episodes of Sandman, felt very different from the last five? Yeah, I haven't seen it. I, oh, I mean, it. the books read a little different too. Um, highly recommend reading those. By the way. Uh, but yeah, the the Calliope episode is brutal. It's like no one from the show. Oh, okay. Until like near the end, you start getting a couple of characters drop in, but and for very good reason. Okay, cool. I will definitely yeah. check that nice. out. Nice. And by that point, you want to hurt people. Ooh, Jesus, <laughs> nice. Yeah, John. I am. Uh, I'm rewatching uh, for the the shits and giggles inter- intermittent viewing. I'm rewatching Thirty Rock, a nice. wonderful show, hilarious. Um, I am still watching For All Mankind on um, mm. Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, I really like the space part of it more than the, you know, the soapy character, what's happening with them. And they're, you know, I just don't cool. care about that as much. But the other stuff, the space, the space stuff and the, the fiction of what could have happened is still, it's still fun if you're into that kind of thing. Um, and I also watched a, a rewatch, but I haven't seen it in years and years and years. Um, Touch of Evil. Oh God, uh, Orson Welles. By the way, John, that is one of that's my favorite Orson Welles movie. I love it more than Citizen Kane. That last sequence with the so, radio. Uh, Fuck. So so stylized. Dude, that that sequence incredible. It's the opening. It's kind of a. It's like it's like a flawed low budget film that is so maturely stylized. He like gave birth to like everything we think of when we think of that kind of style. It's just it's a it's a real educational. It's hard not to feel like you're being educated when you're watching it. You need to watch it a few times before I think oh, you yeah. can just kind of sink in and enjoy the story. Did you? Because it's still like you know, charming story. You got to get on board with Charlton Heston being a Mexican. To be honest, you, you, you get on for board me, you kind of forget about that. No, like after can a while, you, you just kind of like. Do I, I don't even think he's purebred. He's probably like mixed breed. I don't even. It didn't. It didn't raise any issues for me. By the way, did you um, notice the the guy in the hotel is the lead from Steven Spielberg's Duel? The guy that's no, in that. I'm not gonna lie, dude. I've never I've never seen the whole movie. I've just oh. seen clips. Just seen the truck the truck thing at the very end. I've just seen like the big chase at the very end through the valley um really good though it was on criterion touch of evil orson wells can't go wrong jeff what um, you been watching i've today? been watching the staircase as i mentioned it's i've seen the documentary on netflix it was great this one is so fucking slow man i can't believe how slow it is but it's like 
I feel like you're itching to get back it's to the weirdest, it right now. It's the like weirdest the last... feeling, man. The performances are amazing. Tony Collette as like the, the victim, basically, but they do some back and forth in the time. And Colin Firth, of course. And then Michael Stuhlberg. I mean, how do you go? Like, that, That's a crazy you, cast. Just the three of them. And then really you have like good. Dane DeHaan in a small role. And I like Dane DeHaan, but it's almost like you don't need him. <laughs> you really just need these three people. You have Parker Posey come. It, it's fucking great cast and so even though i think it is too slow especially oh. since i've seen the the document the netflix documentary i want to but it's like i can't stop thinking about it i really i want to <laughs> yeah so kudos to them and then um i feel like i watched nice. something else I, st- I started watching in good company that movie with like dennis quaid and th- i don't think that one held up and i don't think my brother did either we were watching it together and then i feel like i was watching which in one was good it? company about dennis quaid like his boss is it basically about like um sports illustrated but really the storyline is um, Topher Grace becomes Dennis Quaid's boss. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Topher Grace. Kind of like it wants to be yeah, a Cameron Crowe comedy, and it just isn't. It's, it's it, it did not it, age, it did not like age well. That, so yeah, I, yeah. that one I, I'm not going to recommend. Staircase. I feel like there was one other fucking thing that I watched. Oh, and then of course House of the Dragons, which honestly it's it's almost like the first ten minutes. I talked to me, dude, because like, like is yeah, it worth yeah, watching? I, I don't I, even I want to watch it. Dude. It's almost like the first ten minutes. It's almost like um, lookalikes. You watch everybody, and it's it's almost like they cast people that from, or they maybe just the way Miguel Sapochnik shot it. It's almost like they want you to go. That person looks like Sir Jorah. That person looks like Baelish. That oh my god, she looks just like Daenerys. Oh my god, is that like you, you, you're, oh, you're no. almost expecting them to be like yeah. cameoing in, in the the Game of Thrones cast in this? So you didn't no, like I, it? I liked it. I liked it. It's, I liked not, it. it's, it's a good not... story. It's a good story. Simple, simple story. It's a good story. I, I liked it. Because I'm not gonna lie, I'm resisting that, and I'm resisting Ring of Power. Well, but whatever. You have to, you, Ring you of know, Power the, looks like a pile of shit. Yeah, Feel weird. free to buzz yeah. me for that. Sorry. <laughs> Deal. Okay. We don't even know if so, you deserve anyway, to we'll, be we'll buzzed. It. You know, we, we, we got like, ten long, just... long weeks of this, so we'll see. We got hundreds of millions of dollars yeah. Yeah. between the two of them, closer to a billion than not of dollars for these I mean, two I, series. I saw, so. on, I saw on Twitter tonight Neil Gaiman got invited to the premiere of the first two episodes so I'm looking forward to seeing what happens tomorrow like whether oh, wow. he comments or not. I just thought that they competed um, over the, 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 the launch. decide whether I'm going to be on board I just thought that this. they competed over the, they're yeah. like who's coming out first who's coming out I'm coming out first you're coming out first so anyway. I mean they invited Neil Gaiman yeah. the guy who has the number one show in yeah. the world right now so well, on a competing people, network so yeah. I think that's it thank you so much for staying with us for the Arconan episode please Find in the link tree and in the show notes, we're going to link the Matt and Mark movie podcast. So if you are in Thank Saudi you. Arabia and Portugal, man, they're trying to get up to the top. They're trying to really get to the top. <laughs> yeah. But other countries and as Denmark. well. Denmark. Also, Denmark. apparently they're on YouTube Anywhere now as well. So feel free to come at them YouTube on YouTube. Twitch. They're on TikTok. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. doing all the things. They're getting out there. And Scandinavia, this episode Scandinavia. was for you. And, and, <laughs> and I promise you, because I, 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 for some Texas. reason, I'm always in the car when I'm listening. If you reach out to them, Matt will respond. <laughs> Maybe not Mark. Matt <laughs> yeah, will, will respond. So listen to them and, and feel connected. Feel connected. Matt will respond to you. Oh, God. Matt's the me of this show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't buzz you, though, because we need you, Dave. Uh, Dave, back, we do. Come back on our All right, Thank our you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Uh, where we're going to talk about one of two movies, and it's going to be great. <laughs>